Hallelujah. I alluded earlier to uh, having a chance to talk to Brother Bill this morning. And I'm telling y'all, boy, he got me juiced up. I was ready to, I'm telling you, I was ready. I was already juiced up pretty good because I juiced myself up this morning with the Holy Spirit. But he juiced me up even more. Here's a man that went through surgery and he's doing phenomenally well. He's doing great. And we were talking and he said, you know, healing is a process. And I said, that's exactly right. How many times did Jesus go to someone and say, if you go do this, then you'll be healed? He told the man that was sick and lame, he said, go dip yourself seven times in that dirty, nasty water and you'll be clean. When you come up, you'll be clean. He had to act in obedience to that word. And in that process of obedience, he became whole. Healing is a process. But what's amazing is God has created our bodies to heal themselves. And in the, uh, in the parable of the sower in Matthew chapter 13, the Matthew chapter 13, he says that these are those that are sown by the wayside. These are those that are sown among thorny ground. These are those that are sown among good ground. And what's ironic is each one of, this is what I said to Brother Bill because we were talking about the seed. He said the seed doesn't produce anything unless it falls to the ground and it dies. It's got to die. I believe there are some things in us that have to die in order for some things to begin to grow and bear fruit in our life. I'm like Cornell, boy, this is not one of them, you know, you start talking about this kind of stuff, you don't run and shout, right? But you should. Lord, kill it all. I want it all dead in me. Kill it. I want to die to everything I need to die to so that I can bear fruit, so that I can grow, so that I can become all that you want me to be. I don't want none of it in there. And Lord knows I'll be the, I'm the poster child for not wanting to see something in my life that I don't like. Somebody said, you need, the Holy Spirit comes and puts his finger on something in my life. Or the Holy Spirit uses those close to me to put something, his finger on something. And I don't mean in a bad way. I just mean, you know, not everything has to be such a correctiveness. It can just be sometimes an adjustment. Hey, your, your hair's out of place, you know. I can help you fix it. Well, what you talking about? What's wrong with my hair? We get so defensive sometimes over the littlest thing. But when the Holy Spirit puts his, something on, puts his finger on something in your life, I want to get rid of it. I don't want it. I want it to die because I want to be able to bear fruit. So this is, this is the parable of the sower. This is not in my notes. I just got this this morning, and I was asking the Lord, should I share it? And I felt like I should. Matthew chapter 13. Put it up there on the, on the screen. Matthew chapter 13, verse 18. He says, Therefore hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches it away. What was sown in his heart? This is he who receives seed by the wayside. But he who receives seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. Now he who receives seed among the thorns is he who hears the word And the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. But he who receives seed on good ground is he who hears the word and understands it. Who indeed bears fruit and produces some 
a hundredfold, some 60, and some 30. Let me ask you something before we get into some of the other stuff, which goes great with what we're talking about. Was there any different in, was there any difference whatsoever in those seeds? Were all the seeds the same seeds? Right? They were all the same seeds. Was there any different in the elements of nature? In other words, sunlight and rain. Did they not all receive the same amount of sunlight, the same amount of rain? Then what made the difference between seed that produces something and seed that doesn't? The ground. The ground is what makes the difference. And I told Brother Bill, I said, the reason why you're experiencing a rapidness in, in, in recovery, the reason you're experiencing the things that you're experiencing in your body, being 69 years old and recovering like he's a 45 or 50-year-old man, is because you're good soil. And so when that seed of that word comes in, boy, he receives it. And it's exciting and he waters it and he washes it and he honors it and he respects it. That's what we're talking about. That's what we're going to talk about is honor. A culture of honor. What made the difference is the ground. <clears throat> well, I can't help what kind of ground I am. Oh, yes, you can. Oh, yes, you can. Because as much as I've studied this passage of Scripture, the Lord has shown me this in such a way, I've often wondered what's the difference. What's the difference between... The, um, what's the difference between the one who hears the word and doesn't understand it? What's the difference between the one who hears the word, understands it, and receives it with joy, but then he lets go of it? What's the difference between the one who suffers persecution and tribulation and doesn't produce fruit? What's the difference between those? And the Lord showed me this week. The first three does, do not honor, did not honor, did not place value, did not place uh, great security in the word of God and therefore it didn't produce the fruit but it wasn't the seed's fault you ever thrown seed out in a farm in a field and you reap on this side of the field but you don't reap none on that side you don't take the seed back to the to the, um, to the place the seed getting placed where you get seed at brother Timmy the seed store the seed getting placed you take your seed back to the seed getting place. You go, this stuff don't work. It's terrible seed. And they laugh at you. There ain't nothing wrong with that seed. It's your ground. And the ground is us. How can you see the word of God being sown in somebody's heart and you see them produce and grow, but then the person next to them doesn't grow? Is it the word's fault? Well, it's just not the Lord's timing. The Bible says in the New Testament that God wishes that all men would come to the knowledge. Well, then why don't they? <clears throat> because if my people will humble themselves and turn from their wicked ways. See, we mix up sometimes grace and mercy, and we think that grace and mercy is a... Is a um, is a pass to treat the Word of God and God's things any way and every way that we think we can and not have any consequences. And that's just not true. We're not necessarily even talking about salvation. But I will say this. It says, if you believe in your what? Heart. 
and confess with your mouth, you shall be saved. For it's with the heart that man believes. And confession is made. So confession solidifies what you believe. If you don't believe it, you can go around confessing it all day long. But if you don't believe it, this confession doesn't supersede the heart. 1 Samuel chapter 2. 1 Samuel chapter 2. This is a subject that has been stirring up in me. And I'm convinced that is one of the main reasons why we're experiencing some of the things we're experiencing in our life and in our country. 1 Samuel chapter 3, and then I want you to turn to uh, Deuteronomy chapter 6. So 1 Samuel chapter 2 and Deuteronomy chapter 6. Y'all doing okay this morning? You believing with me? Three of you are. That's good. 1 Samuel chapter 2, we're going to begin there, and I'm going to hit some highlights. 1 Samuel chapter 2, now this is, the, this is Eli's household. His sons are now uh, priests in the house of the Lord. And this is actually the story of Hannah and how she cried out to the Lord for a son, and she got Samuel. But he's talking about the wicked son. So in verse 12, he begins to talk about what these guys are doing. And their customs was that people would come in and they would present their offering. And before the offering, they would set aside a certain portion of that offering and dedicate it to the Lord in honor of the Lord. And the priest, Eli's sons at those times, were saying, no, you're not going to do that. You're going to give it to us. And if you won't give it to us, we're going to take it. And Eli was letting this happen. So in chapter... 2 verse 30, therefore <clears throat> the Lord God of Israel says, I said indeed that your house and the house of your father would walk before me forever. But now the Lord says, far be it from me, for those who honor me I will honor, and those who despise me shall be lightly esteemed. What is honor? You can look around and you can see dishonorableness all around us. And, and the way that we see that is how we respect one another and how we treat our leaders, how we treat ourselves, how we treat our spouses. But we have a culture that has bred dishonor and disrespect. And if I don't like it and if it don't make me feel good, I ain't got to do it. And that is so contrary to the Word of God. It's so contrary to the word of God. That's the nature of Satan. Rebelliousness is as of witchcraft. Rebelliousness is you are putting your own personal needs and satisfactions and things you want to do ahead of something else or someone else. That's why we have such a lawless sometimes society is because we rebel against authority. Why have we seen such violence in the last few, uh, really in the last decade. But in the last few years, why have we seen such an increase of rebelliousness against authority? Because that's the nature of Satan. That's what he said, in the end times you will see these things happening. And so we shouldn't be shocked when we see them happening. But we should not be ones participating in it. The Lord said, those that honor me, 
I will honor. How do we show honor? What is honor? Honor is esteem. It actually comes from, it actually means weightiness. It actually means you place such a value on whatever it is that you honor that you place your time, your effort, your resources into that that you honor. And we've created, the enemy has done a good job at creating a society that honors itself. That honors what we want rather than what God wants. That's how come you can walk into... um, You can walk into a bank and you can tell what they honor. You can walk into some churches and you can tell what they honor. We place great value and honor on the things that we value and that we we hold and that we esteem highly. And the Bible says, the Lord said, those that honor me, I will honor. I don't know about you, but I want to experience that honor in my life to a greater degree. Now, these boys... These, these guys were the priests of that time and they were defiling and they were doing things that was dishonorable to the Lord. And the Lord said to Eli, he said this, Why, in verse 29, Why do you kick at my sacrifice and my offering which I have commanded in my dwelling place and honor your sons more than me? I was listening to somebody the other day and they said, you know, We want to honor each other. But there's one thing that we want to honor above each other, and that's the Lord. And everybody should know in our life, there should be a, everybody should know that if it comes down to me having to choose the Lord or choose you, who am I going to choose? You know, as for me and my household, we're going to serve the Lord. When it comes down to that choice, we're going to serve the Lord. So we've got to understand that honor is, is, is a part, and this is something that I, this is something that I believe I'm just scratching the surface of. I ain't even really dive, delved into it to such a degree. But there's a part of God that his, you know, his glory is his honor. The manifest presence of God himself is glorious, but it is honorable. It is his honor. It is the essence of who he is. And so when we give honor and we glorify the name of Jesus, we are honoring God. And he said he would honor us. Now everybody's here this morning, so, but some people aren't here this morning, so don't take this the wrong way. But how do we honor the Lord? We've created a society that's made it very convenient for us not to have to attend or not to join together in service and in communion together. We've had a society that's created uh, a a great number of excuses as to why we can't be together. And yet, (laughs) yet, Paul himself said, forsake not the assembling of yourselves, even as you see the day approaching, even more, because that's where the power, that's where the strength is. We don't just meet here together just so we can go, we got that done for the week. There's a transaction, come on somebody now help me, there's a transaction that takes place when Miss Geneva comes and participates in the service that I get 
from her and that she gets from me that doesn't take place anywhere else except in this corporate setting. There are things that are deposited into you and me that happen in this place, not because of this place, but because of us meeting together, whether we met, we met here or whether we meet at the park or whether we meet in the field next door. There's a transaction that takes place from the assembling of yourselves, but the enemy has said, it's all right. You ain't got to do that. <clears throat> me and Lainey were talking this morning on the way and she was, she was saying to me something that she was thinking and that she was wrestling with and I said, sweetheart, that's the enemy. And she looked at me like, really? That's the enemy? And I said, yes, sweetheart, that's the enemy. And I said, I'll give you an example. Now, how many of you get up in the morning and you look in the mirror and the thought passes your mind, boy, you're getting old. Everybody's laughing. Man, you look rough. Oh, you feel that in your back? That's because you're getting old. Am I the only one that feels it? Did you see how she looked at you this morning? Mm. She thinks you're old too. And your kids, you see how they disrespect you? Because they know you ain't got the energy to get up because you're getting old. <laughs> Your husband didn't even give you sugar this morning. Probably because you're getting old. And I said, the enemy talks to me in those areas too. But you know what I say? I said, no, I ain't getting old. I'm just getting better looking. See, some of you said, we've done a good job. Some of you said, amen. No, because the Bible says that my youth will be renewed like the eagle. I was taught when we were sitting, I was sitting in the hospital with Granny Carol while Brother Bill was going through surgery. And she said, you know, I run into 50 and 55-year-old people that look older than me. And I said, oh, I, I believe it. Why? Because she places great value on the Word of God. And, and she knows that the more that we, oh, come on now, the more that we honor the Lord, the more that that glory manifests in our life. I'm not trying to get something. I'm not trying to make something happen in my body. I'm trying to get what God has deposited in my body out. Because Jesus said it's not what goes in the, in the mouth of a man that defiles him, but what comes out out what would you and I look like if we allowed only those things which bring life to come out of our mouth to come out of our body because we honor the Lord the honor of the Lord to honor the Lord you will manifest his glory and his presence will manifest in our lives when we honor the Lord why is everybody in such a hurry Listen, I'll, I'll, I'll be in a hurry. <clears throat> what else have we got to do? Where else have we got to be? Because if the enemy cannot get you to stop doing what you're doing, then he will give you the rush to think you've got to do more and accomplish more, and it's the same strategy that he's been doing forever and ever and ever and ever. He's trying to get us because he can't stop us. 
He does not have the power to stop us. The only thing he's got the power to do is to try to deceive us and feed lies to us. You're getting old. And then you go, man, I'm getting old. You know, when you get a certain age, everybody knows. Huh? Who said that? Who made that up? Well, you know, when you turn 40, who, I'm, I'm asking you that question, who made that up? Because I don't, I don't know, but let's all look together, because I'm, I'm going to look at my concordance, see if I can't find that verse. When 40, when thou turnest 40, everybody knows that when you, over, when you turn 50, is it 50 that you're over the hill or 40? It's 50, right? It's the new 50. The new, what happened to the old 50? I can't, I can't find that in my scripture. You see what I'm saying? So the enemy comes in and he lies to us and we believe it. Because we dishonor and we disvalue what this says. We value more what CNN and Fox News says than what this says. I mean, listen. Do you know how you sell? You don't even sell newspapers really anymore. Do you know how you sell on the TV? How news organizations sell on the TV? I quit recording the news. I was recording it every day because I wanted to keep a breath. And my man, after I get done watching the news, I'm like, And they wait and throw a little last-minute, three-minute deal in there about some kid that saved a penguin, and that's supposed to make everything feel better. <laughs> but, I mean, the whole world is going to hell in a handbasket overseas, and we got to watch out, and the Congress is already meeting, but now we're fixing to elect a new president, and everybody knows that if she wins, it's all gone. And if he wins, it's all gone. Well, then let's just all go, because it's all gone. I mean, it is so negative. What about, yet for me and my house, we're going to trust the Lord? What about that? What about placing honor and value on the Word of God and say, you know what? Let me tell you what God will do. God is so powerful that if, if you're not being obedient, He will bypass you and talk to an ass. Actually, He'll talk through an ass. He will use a donkey. He will. Let, I'll use me since I've used the praise and worship team before. I'll use me. Let's say I've had a bad week. Let's say I've had a bad year. And I just, I mean, it's been rough. I ain't been able to get it. I mean, I just hadn't gotten the word. I'm just allowing everything. But you come in here and you're expecting something from God. He will bypass me and give me what you need despite of me for you. But if you come in here and you just wait to receive something to get you going, that ain't going to work either. I asked the Lord one time, I said, what makes somebody hungry? Well, there's a couple of things. One of the main things is what if you're starving and you ain't had nothing to eat in a while, you're going to be hungry. But I'm going to tell you what, I could get done eating at the buffet and go home and April's daddy 
has fixed some Thai food, and I smell it. Well, I'm, I'm hungry again. The Lord said, when you smell me, you be hungry. When you give off the aroma of the glory and the essence of God, it makes people hungry. You ain't got to talk. I don't have to talk any of you into eating. Well, I won't say any of you, some of you. I know some of you. I ain't got to talk him into eating my wife's egg rolls. I got to tell her to make sure that she saves me some for later because he will eat all of them. Why? Because he's starving and he's not eating it? No, because they're good. The Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. You smell that? We just got some guys that's been working with us at the house. And, and uh, one of the older gentlemen that's been, he's like been a, he's been the one that's just been helping us so much. He was telling me about how some of these younger guys uh, just really enjoy being around me and us and the family. Why is that? Because I have such a great dynamic personality? Or is it something deeper? Is this something greater? We talked about this at, uh, when we met at the Connect Group that uh, a few weeks ago, I mean, about a month or so ago when we met out here. We talked, what makes people hungry? It's that aroma. It's that, you know, you, you're around somebody and you go, I like that. I want that. You don't even know what that is, but it's there. You can almost taste it. What is that? It's the honor and the glory and the presence of God. You said... A while ago, you said that um, Trump can make America good again. That's a sign. And you said, yeah, let me make that clear. He didn't say Trump. He said the sign says Trump. Because people be going out here saying Cornell's voting for Trump. And then they'll go out here saying you're voting for Hillary. Which I don't know which one would be worse in the South. But anyway, this, this political election, you understand, ain't got nothing to do with the candidates. This is wrestling with flesh. This ain't flesh and blood. Listen, let me say this too. Just pause right there. I'll come back to Cornell in a minute. The things that are going on in your life ain't got nothing to do with your husband. It's got nothing to do with your wife. It's got nothing to do with the praise and worship team. It's got nothing to do with the pastor. The things that I wrestle with with y'all ain't got nothing to do with y'all. Who's it got to do with? It's got to do with the enemy. We have one enemy. We have one thing that comes against us. And yes, we listen to the enemy from time to time. But who are we still listening to? The enemy. He's the enemy. You're not my enemy. I'm not your enemy. He is the enemy. And so you said that what, what happens is we get into this mentality and you, one of the things you said was that God doesn't lose sleep over whether or not his name is on the dollar bill. You think that God is worried, concerned, or lose a bit of sleep over whether we take in God we trust off the money. Why? Because he created 
the people who were saying that we could take it off the money. He created the money. He created the thought pattern and the process and the mechanism to have those thoughts called a brain and the elements that create that brain and the air and the light that creates everything else. He created all that. He's not worried one single bit about that. His security is not in whether or not we honor him. You can, he can't make you and I honor him. You can't make people respect you. Well, I can if I got a gun. Langston's a pretty, Langston's a big guy. Stand up. I mean, Langston's a big guy. He's, you know, big stout guy. I mean, if we had to, if we had to tie up, you know. Stand up, Earl. You stand up too. Look, I mean, Earl's a big guy. Ed, stand up. Ed's a tall guy. Boy, he. I mean, these guys. That's right. If they try to make me respect them or honor them, is that really respect or honor? You guys can be seated. Thank you. If I. Tried, if I tell you, you got to honor me because I'm your pastor. Is that really honor? Is that really respect? Now we're not talking about children. We're talking about adults. God doesn't make, he doesn't want you to honor him because he says you should honor him. He wants you to honor him because you want to. He's after your want to. That's what I was trying to say. You said, what's God after? He's after your want to. I want to. And then if you, if you, once you get to the want to, he's after I'm going to to. I'm going to. And I'm going to. I will. David said, I will bless the Lord at all times. And he was attributed to being a man after God's own heart because he said, I will. And and Michael looked at him and said, you sure was showing yourself out today. He said, woman, you ain't seen nothing yet. Because I'm fixing to defile this place all up in here. And I'm fixing to show you what worship looks like. Because I will debase myself to glorify my Father God. Now when we, as a church, the global church, the local church, get to that place and we say we're going to honor God no matter what, now the power starts flowing. Now things start changing because we place great value. What if instead of watching TV and the news for the next week and a half, we entered into a greater level of honor and worship to the Lord and see what that does in us and what it does for our society? What if instead of praying against someone, we prayed for someone? What if we honored the Lord and said, Lord, we're going to set our face as flint and we're going to press into you and we're going to say we don't put our trust in man. We don't put our trust in that mechanism. We put our trust in you. You are our rock. That's honor. And he said, those that honor me, I will honor. Those that despise me will be lightly esteemed. Grace, well, what about grace and mercy? 
Grace and mercy have nothing to do with whether or not you honor the Lord. That has everything to do with His gifts towards you. He's paid for your dishonorableness. He's paid for our sins and our transgressions. That's not the issue anymore. The issue is our honor and respect of Him. And that's something He can't do for you. When you honor the Word, when you begin to read this and honor this more than you do Facebook, When you and I honor the word more, I didn't say nothing was wrong with Facebook. Unless Facebook comes before the Lord. You know, it's like I've talked to people and ministered to people all my life, and it's like the ones that have the hardest time with things in their life are the ones that are not honoring the Lord and honoring the place and the value of the Word in their life. They honor other things more than they honor that. I don't condemn them for that, but I say it's not going to change till you honor something more valuable than yourself. Things in my life do not change until I honor things in... in you and I have to get to a place where we, we don't care what happens. We're going to serve Him. We're going to worship Him. We're going to honor Him regardless. Regardless. You know, in 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 12, it says that the sons did not know the Lord. And I said, Lord, what, what, what was the deal with that? Why was it that they were not showing honor to you? Why were they acting the way they are? And the Lord said, because they didn't know me. They knew of me, but they did not know me. You remember I said that God doesn't expect you to worship Him without Him demonstrating His goodness to you first? Because that's the kind of God that we serve. We don't serve a God that is a dictator. If you worship me, then I'll be good. No, no, no. But God demonstrated His own love towards us in that while we were what? Yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. He demonstrates His worthiness to us and says, I love you. You're worth more to me than even you are worth to yourself. And I'm going to give my only begotten son for you because I love you. That's how He demonstrated to us how much He loves us. And now our response to that, the natural response is, oh, thank you, Jesus. He doesn't expect you to honor Him without Him demonstrating His goodness to you. But you, He can't demonstrate His goodness to you if you don't know Him. Now, I would imagine that in these boys' lives, their father was a demonstration to them at times, but it wasn't important because it says that they did not know the Lord. Now, I've got three kids. 
And I can tell you beyond a shadow of a doubt that they know the Lord. Why? Because we make sure that they know the Lord. Not from a dictatorial standpoint, but because we demonstrate to them that we honor the Lord. We're going to do what the Lord says to do. We're going to trust in the Lord. And I've already told the Lord and Satan. I've already told him. You talk to the devil? Yeah, I talk to him. When, especially when he opens his mouth to me. I remember, didn't Jesus talk to him? But I don't talk to him like we talking. When he opens his big mouth, I shut it up with the word of God. Or I do my best to shut it up with the word of God. And then he says, well, you know, now that stuff's gone. And I said, no, it ain't. Because the Bible says you've got to return to me sevenfold what you stole. Oh, and I want my children. I don't even care because I know. I've seen him do it in my life. I want them to see God do that. And then they will know the Lord even in a greater way. What are we teaching our children? Our responsibility. This is what Deuteronomy says. It says, he says the seriousness to us. This is what he says. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God. The Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. That's honor. Because if you love the Lord with all your heart, you're going to honor Him. You can love the Lord. You can love the Lord with your strength, but not your soul and not your heart. Because you're scared of going to hell. You can give because you're scared of going broke. You can tithe because you're scared that the devourer is going to get all your stuff. And so you now give and you now honor the Lord out of fear instead of out of love. And he said you will love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Jesus said that's the greatest commandment. And then love your neighbors. You can't love your neighbor unless you love the Lord. You can't love you. How are you going to love you when you don't even know how much he loves you? <laughs> we got, I, got, I got fist bumps and high fives this morning in the truck on the way here because I said, I tell the devil I'm good looking. And I get better looking every day because I say so. But that's prideful. Is it? Who said that about me? God said, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm sorry if you have a problem with that, but that's your problem. That's not my problem. Your problem is, or their problem is, that they ain't listening to what he said. You listening to the, to the voices that drowned out the very voice that says who you are. Shame is listening to the voice that drowns out the voice that tells you who you really are. I'm convinced that shame is a big thing. We think it's pride, but it's really shame. Pride is a manifestation of shame. And pride is in and of itself. But you get it, you boil it down to it. The love of God conquers all. And if you in pride or you dealing with shame or you can't forgive somebody or you have resentment in your heart, you can boil it all back down to the fact that you have not experienced the love of God in that area in your life. And that's a good, that, that's not a, well, you just, see, you take all of the condemnation out of it. 
When you bring now somebody and you say, the reason you act in the way you're doing is because you don't know God loves you. What does a bully do? Why does a bully bully people? Because they have self-confidence issues. And the only way to get their self-confidence and their self-worth is in making somebody else feel unworthy and below them and beneath them. Now tell me who that comes from. Boy, we have a big rule in our house. The number two rule in our house. We don't tear down, we build up. Boy, I catch you tearing somebody down. I catch you tearing somebody down. No, we don't tear nobody down. We build up. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Why do people thieve? Why did those people take those things from us? Oh, because they're evil. Are they? Or have they just been conditioned to think the only way they can survive, the only way they can get what they need is because they steal it? They don't know the love of God. If love conquers all, love conquers all. I'm not saying that they don't need to pay the price for what they've done. But thank God that I ain't had to pay the price for what all the stuff I've done. I called somebody the other day and said, look, we're building a house. And when I say we're building it, I'm not saying, oh, we got somebody else building. I'm saying we physically building it. And so I forgot. And I'm asking for grace. She said, oh, we'll take care of that late fee. Did I deserve it? I mean, it wasn't but, well, a $15 late fee or... Maybe it was $30. I don't remember what the late... I don't even remember. Everything's just jumbled. All I've been focusing on is building a house and honoring and worshiping the Lord. I'm just going to be honest with you. That's all I do. And I asked the Holy Spirit to remind me. But I forgot. And the Holy Spirit reminded me, so I called him and I said, listen, forgive me. I ain't got no excuse. And I'm just asking, is there anything you do? Oh, Mr. Thomas, we'll take care of that. Don't worry about that. I, you, I felt like somebody gave me $500. It was like a late fee. I was like, yes! What does that do for somebody who's spent a lifetime in bondage? And then you present to them and you say, he loves you. He ain't counting that against you. Don't worry about that late fee. The Lord took care of that. Ooh, boy, that makes you want to run and shout right there. You know, the Lord honors those that honor him. But you know the greatest honor that the Lord has bestowed on us? It's Him. He honored us when we didn't deserve it. I ain't got time because we got to close and I'm going to let y'all get out of here. This is just going to be the start of a, what I believe is a culture of honor. But we don't honor people because they deserve it. We don't honor people because we have to. We honor people because we need to. Stand with your feet. Stand to your feet, with your feet. Hallelujah. Close your eyes and let's just pray this with me. There she is. Get on up there, minstrel.
Let's play this. Let's play this. Yeah, let's play this. Let's sing this. Let's say this. Let's pray this. Heavenly Father, show me how to honor you more. Bring to remembrance the things in my life that I need to put beneath you. I desire. I want you to say this whether you really desire it or not because the fact that you make a conscious decision to declare it with your mouth is overriding what you feel and what you think you think inside. Okay? I desire to give you all the honor, all the glory, and all the praise in my life. I want you to be Lord of my life. In every area. And I believe that you will show me what I need to see. Forgive me for the times in my life where I have not given you honor. Forgive me for the times in my life where I have not honored others like I should have. I'm asking you, Father, to teach us more about honor. Father, I thank you for this time to minister. Lord, I'm asking you, as I've been asking, Lord, show me, teach me, open the eyes of my understanding. I want to know, I want to see honor more. I want to see how I can give you more glory and more honor in my life because I know you're worthy of it. Oh, we desire, with everything that is within us, we desire to honor you more, Lord. This is what I hear the Lord saying, so... Honor, <clears throat> honor is when you push beyond your mental capability and your fleshly attitudes to do something that you're not comfortable doing. That's honoring me, is what I heard the Lord say. When you push beyond that comfort zone and you say, Lord, I don't care what people think, I'm going to step out and I'm going to lift my hands. If that's a big thing to you, if that's a huge thing to you, that brings honor and glory to the Lord because you place yourself in a position of humility and you say you are worthy. <clears throat> We're not going to do things as a church and function as a church because those are what bring glory to man or that's what makes people feel comfortable. I'm not after your comfortableness. I'm after your heart. I'm after us bringing glory and honor to the Lord. And sometimes that means we might have to stay a little later. That means we might have to push a little harder. Because we're not just pushing for us, we're pushing for the resistance for the kingdom of God that God's trying to do something in our midst and we've got to push beyond the realm of comfortableness. 
we get in a hurry and we get in this rushiness where we, well, we got to go. We got to hurry up and go. And I heard the Lord, this is what I'm hearing the Lord saying, where are you going to and where are you leaving from? Why are you in a hurry? Langston and I were talking yesterday, no, Friday. We were talking Friday about the rushiness of the season that we're in. And the Lord said, listen, you better go ahead and start pressing the brakes right now because before you know it, December, Christmas will be here and all this time will have... There's a reason why He wants to rush us because He wants to rush us through the time of Thanksgiving. Do you know the number one holiday for candy? Halloween. So everything's geared up for Halloween. And then once Halloween's over, it's like, all right, hurry up, have Thanksgiving, Christmas, and let's move on. Slow down. What are you leaving and what are you running to? You know, everybody knows that church is over at 12 o'clock. Where's, is that one in Scripture too? Because I don't know. Is that one next to the 40-year-old, you know, you're going to get old? Well, you know, you got to honor. I've heard this one. you got to honor people's time. What about honoring His time? What about honoring Him? Honor time? No, we honor Him. How are we honoring the Lord? How do we serve? How do we serve the Lord? I've heard people say, well, I'm a Christian. I serve the Lord. You do? How are you servicing the Lord? What are you doing? Because don't say you come to church. Because that ain't for somebody else. That's for you. What are we doing? What are we serving? My, my, one of my daughters asked me, they said they were talking to a, some, they were talking to a young girl and they said to her, are you a Christian? Do you know Jesus? And she said, no, we're not a Christian. We don't do that stuff. And then she said, what, what is that? And, G, and, and Lainey said, well, you, you know, you believe in Jesus. Hannah has said, you know, we worship the Lord. We honor the Lord. And they asked me, what does that mean? And I said, let me tell you what that means. That means the Lord says go, you go. The Lord says stop, you stop. And that means everything you do, everything you say, and everything that we participate in, we bring glory and honor to the Lord. And then, then she said, well, what if their parents don't want me talking to them about the Lord? I said, you tell them to call me. Because if that's the case, then they ought not be talking to you. Because how can you hide? That's like saying, I'm not going to talk to you because you're white. Well, then I guess we ain't going to talk because I can't do nothing about the fact that I'm white. Well, we don't believe in that Christianity. Well, that's all right. That don't bother me and it don't bother the Lord. Because His power is not dictated by whether or not you believe it. Only your receiving it is dictated by you believing it. No, we honor the Lord. We're, gonna follow, we're not going to do it in rebelliousness, but we for sure are not going to stand there and let somebody tell us what, what they is and what they ain't with the Lord. No, we honor 
we demonstrate the presence and the glory and the manifest essence of who God is and everything that we do and everything that we say and everything that we are participating in, that's what it means to be a Christian. The Lord help us with that. In the name of Jesus. I don't know, guys. I'm just telling you what, what, what has been in me. This thing has just been in me. And I'm telling you, there's something about honoring the Lord. There's something about placing such a tremendous value on Him where He says, no man, no one has left houses and land and family that in this life, there's something about honoring the Lord where we say, well, you know, you got to, you got to be careful now at your workplace because, you know, you're not supposed to share about Jesus. You might as well tell me I need to hold my breath for the whole time I'm in, at work. Now I'll, I'll close with this and then we'll dismiss. We were, I was involved with a ministry when I was younger that didn't believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the evidence of speaking in tongues and all that kind of stuff. But they loved the Lord. They were big on discipleship. And they sat me down before we went to this, these meetings and they said, now listen, we know what you believe and we're telling you that we don't want you sharing that with other people because it brings confusion. And I said, well, first of all, you're the one bringing confusion, not me. Because, I mean, it's in the Word of God. But here's what I will say. My heart is not to be rebellious. But I said, if you tell me somebody asked me a question and I can't answer it, then you're asking me to deny the very thing that God has set me free from. And they said, well, no, we're not asking you. We're not saying that. We're saying just don't promote it. Just don't go out there and preach it. And I said, well, I said, I'll tell you what I'll do. I said, I'll, I said all I'm going to do is be who I am, and I'm going to endeavor not to make it a big deal. Do you know what the big deal was that year? The baptism of the Holy Spirit. And it wasn't because we were preaching it. We would have people come up to us and they would do like this and they would be like, hey, what, what, what's going on with you? And we'd be like, what are you talking about? Are you, are you Pentecostal? Are you that charismatic? Because I, I mean, it's all, can you tell me more about that? It's like, man, listen. I, I'll tell you what. Go read the book of Acts. And then make some notes and come back and, and, and I'll see if I can't help you. Okay, I can't tell you how many times that happened. And they would do that and they would come back. And I'm telling you, because it's not in the power. And we had over five people get filled with the Holy Spirit down there. So the very thing that the enemy's trying to resist is the very thing that will take place. If we understand that it's not by might. It's not by power, but it's by His Spirit. And we say, Lord, we give you honor. We give you glory. We give you free reign. Last thing, and then we'll go. Jesus said, when the disciples didn't wash their hand and they begin to eat in Matthew, the Pharisees said, you don't follow the law. You disrespect. And he said, you want to talk about honor? You don't even honor your parents. Your traditions is what makes the word of God of no effect. And I said to the Lord, I said this morning, I said, Lord, how do the traditions of men make the word of God of no effect? And the Lord said two things. He said, number one, traditions are about man. They bring glory to man. Those kind of traditions. He said, but number two, 
He said traditions put more weight and more power on the act itself rather than the one who inspires the act. That's how. We place our value and our security and our confidence in the Lord. Listen to me, I can't tell you. This right here has got to become a, a, a staple in your life and my life. If you and I will understand that this, if we value this, and we honor this, right, Mr. Denku? We honor this, we value this. This will get all up in us. It's like that food we all fixing to go eat. You got to be careful because it'll get all in your mouth, right, Mr. Tim? It'll get all in your mouth. This right here will get all in you. Boy, you begin to honor this. Well, I just don't get nothing out of that word, out of that Bible. That's because you don't honor it. Go home and open the Word of God and say, Lord, I don't understand this, but I'm asking you to show me because I know that this is where the truth is, and I'm asking you to show me, and I'll honor it. And I'm telling you, you won't be able to write fast enough. Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus for honor. We honor you one more time before we leave this place. We honor you and we say glory to your name. You are greater. You are higher. You are worthy. You are worthy. You are greater. Oh, we trust you, Lord. Oh, we trust you, Lord. You're greater. You're worthy. You're greater. Oh, we worship you, almighty God. We worship you. We say glory, glory, glory. Hallelujah. Oh, we honor the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Glory, 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 glory. Oh, you're greater. You're greater. You're greater. Hallelujah. Listen, we're just going to leave and dismiss like that. Just Let's just carry that with us. Let's just leave this place honoring and worshiping the Lord. Let's just carry that with us in a greater way. Amen.